Second Samuel chapter number 4 and verse number 4. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. Another translation says, Now Jonathan Saul's son had a son whose feet were damaged. Everyone say damaged. He was five years old when the news of the death of Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. The woman who took care of him took him up and went in flight. And while she was getting him away as quickly as she was able, he had a fall and his feet were damaged. Everyone say damaged. Second Samuel chapter 9. In verse number 1, David said, Is there yet any? that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba and when they had called him unto David the king said unto him art thou Ziba? He said thy servant is he. The king said is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him. Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan have yet a son which is lame on his feet. Again, another translation, Ziba said, there is a son of Jonathan whose feet were damaged. You got to get it. Everybody say damaged. Verse 6, Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said to him, Fear not, for I will... Surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake and will restore thee. 
all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread continually. Eat bread at my table continually. One more verse, verse 12. Mephibosheth had a young son. Now that is enough right there to absolutely blow the roof off of this place. Because if you followed me, the one that was damaged had a son. Damage did not stop deliverance. Would you raise your hands and your voice and ask the Holy Ghost to help us tonight? God, thank you for what you're about to do. Thank you, Jesus. For the confirmation of your spirit I feel in this room. And you may be seated. We do not know the entirety of the story that's presented to us in this one verse of 2 Samuel chapter 4. Go home in your spare time and read this chapter. Read the chapter prior, the chapter after. It has nothing to do at all with Mephibosheth. But the writer just inserts this tidbit of information to let us know that word has reached the nurse of Mephibosheth that Saul, his grandfather, is dead. That Jonathan, his father, is dead. She takes the boy, the five-year-old boy in her arms and begins to make haste to flee. So he, Mephibosheth, because of what the enemy was doing, not to just family, but to kingdom. The nurse had him in her arms, carrying him to a place of safety. 
the word transit means the carrying of people. So Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel 4 is in transit. But while in this transit condition, the Bible says that he fell and he became lame. So while in transit, the word lame in other translations is identified as damaged. While in transit, he becomes damaged. But just five chapters later, we find that the same damaged individual had a son. So tonight, I want to preach to you. Damaged in transit, but still deliverable. I I used to read this story of Mephibosheth's fall and, and just thought without diving deep into it that maybe Mephibosheth was running beside of the nurse or perhaps Mephibosheth was running behind the nurse trying to catch up. Maybe even possible he was running ahead of the nurse. But he's only five years old. And it is the nurse's responsibility to make sure that Mephibosheth stays alive so he can sit on the throne. She's not been privy to the information that that David is next in line. No, as far as she is concerned with the way the kingdom was set up, that it was handed down from father to son to the next generation. So as far as the nurse is concerned, Mephibosheth is next in line to sit on the throne. So if Saul has been killed, if Jonathan has been killed, then naturally she's going to automatically believe that Mephibosheth is the next one with the target on his back. That this is not just an attack on the family, but this has become an attack on the kingdom. So it's her job, it's her duty, it's her responsibility It's been placed on her shoulders and in her care to make sure that Mephibosheth stays alive in the middle of the battle. So he can't be running beside of her, holding her hand. He is only five years old. He can't be running behind of her. He'll never catch up with her. He's only five years old. He can't 
be in front of her, she would run over him. He's only five years old. So the more I look at it and the more it becomes so clear to me that Mephibosheth has found himself in the arms of the nurse. She doesn't just take him by the hand and hope he can run as fast as she can. No, she picks the five-year-old up and grabs him as tightly as she can, putting a bear hug on him as she runs with him for their life. I don't know if it was dark at night. I don't know if it was it was her own two feet she tripped over, maybe a stick in the grass. I don't know, but the Bible said that he failed. It doesn't say he was dropped. It said he fell. But come on, let's be real. If he is in her arms, he can't fall unless she falls. So that means his fall, which led to his lameness, which led to his damaged condition, that means his damage came at the fall of somebody else. His hurt became at the fall of someone whose job was to love him and protect him and preserve him and guard him and make sure sure he was okay come on it's very easy if we don't know their story to point fingers at them and say your damaged condition is your own fault and your hurt is your own fault but I preach to some people in this building tonight the only reason you're crippled and the only reason you're wounded is not because of what you've done it's because of somebody else who should have been loving you who should have been caring for you they fell with you and their fall has left you damaged they were trying to get you to safety they were trying to get you to a place of deliverance come on they were trying to get you to a place where God could protect you but they themselves come on didn't have protection over their own life and they wasn't watching their own flesh Come on, and, and they wasn't preserving their own spirituality. Come on, and they tripped up, and they fell, and they messed up, and their fall, come on, their hurt, their fall has left you a damaged, lame, crippled mess. Oh God, and that's why that we no longer read about the nurse. We read about her in one verse and she falls off the pages of the scriptures and then we don't see the hurt man until five chapters later. That's usually how it is. Come on, those that fall, those that leave somebody else damaged, they usually disappear. They usually go away. You don't hear about them anymore. You don't read about them anymore. But those who were damaged, come on, they got stories to tell. Those who were lame, they got stories to carry with them. Those who were messed up, they are the ones that continue in the pages of the scriptures.
Come on, I, I preached. I, I preached to somebody, I, and I, it's it's not just a, it's not just a handful. I preached to several tonight. Come on, you you've been damaged spiritually. You've been hurt and wounded by those who should have loved you and protected you. Come on, you've been you've been you have fallen in the arms of those who should have taken you to deliverance. What's happened is you've been damaged in transit come on since the day you was born God had his hand on you you should have died a long time ago but God had you in transit that alcohol should have killed you long ago come on those drugs should have ended your life long ago that suicidal thought you had should have made your life end long ago but you know what God had you in his arms in the middle of transit he's taking you something there's a safety to get to there's a miracle to get to there's a deliverance to get to God I feel this coming on tonight Five chapters later, King David. Come on, we ain't talking about the nurse. We ain't talking about some individual. We talking about the king. King David inquires, is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I can show him some kindness? And the Bible says it was one man in the group whose name happened to be Zeba, whose speaks up and tells David there is one man left and it wasn't David that asked about it it wasn't Mephibosheth that identified himself as such it was Zeba that told David he was lame he was damaged from the point when he was five years old I can see the king looking at Zeba and telling him I didn't ask you his condition I didn't ask you how hurt he was I don't care how damaged he is that never came to my mind because the king will never ask about your hurt he will always just ask for you It's always the Zebas who want to tell your story. It's always the Zebas who want to tell everybody else how hurt you are. You know what the name Zeba means? It means a statue. Statues don't change. They remain the same. That means the only connection that Mephibosheth had with the kingdom was through somebody who never changes themselves. And it's usually those who don't change that don't want you to change. It's usually those that haven't been healed themselves that always talk about your hurt. David says, I just want to know, would it come? 
Would he accept the king's invitation? Would he accept? Would he accept my hand? I don't know. Let me go find out. They go bring Mephibosheth, and they bring Mephibosheth before the king. He walks in lame. He walks in damaged. He walks in hurt. Come on. He looks as damaged as Zeba looks because he's never changed. He looks as wounded as all the other wounded look. He looks as hurt as all the hurtful looks. He looks as miserable as all the other miserable people look. He looks as depressed as all the other depressed. He looks as angry as all the other angry. You can't tell the difference in his hurt and someone else's hurt. But it comes before the king and David looks at him. He never mentions the damage. He never mentions the condition. He never talks about the issue. He says, Mephibosheth, I will restore thee. Don't you hold your king hostage by what the nurse did to you. Don't you hold your king back by what someone else did to you. They may have fallen and they may have left you a lame damaged mess. But the king has one target. Restore, 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 restore. Come on, Jesus' name, baptism is apostolic. Holiness is apostolic. Worship is apostolic. But don't you forget, restoration is just as apostolic as all the other stuff is. He's not a king that will condemn, he'll restore. He's not a king that will judge, he'll restore. He's not a king that will hold you back, he will restore all that belongs to you. And then, and then, he, he, he makes a statement that may seem confusing. When he says, not only will I restore thee, but you will eat bread at my table continually. Give me four men, four men to occupy these seats. You will eat bread continually, every day, every month, every week. You will eat bread continually. Where? At my table. Why? Why not eat bread in my chambers? Why not eat bread in my inner court? Why not eat bread on my front porch? Why not eat bread on my couch? No, it was you'll eat bread continually at my table. Because Mephibosheth is not lame on his hands. 
He's not lame on his back. He's not lame in his arms. He's lame on his feet. And somehow the feet is the one thing you don't see when you're at the table. When you're at the table, you can't tell who's hurt. When you're at the table, you can't tell who's been abandoned and abused and misused. No, at the table, we all look alike. At the table, there's no big eyes and little U's. At the table, there's no I'm up here and you're down there. No, at the table, we all look alike. We all eat from the same bread. We all eat from the same hands of a king. Come on, the reason some of you always look at your hurt and your damage is because you've not pulled up to the table yet. Because at the table, you don't see the hurt. You don't see the damage. You don't see the scars. You don't see at the king's table. It has a way of disappearing. That's why your mama told you, get your feet off the table. Because you don't see feet at the table. You don't see judgment at the table. You don't see prejudice at the table. You don't see I'm right, you're wrong at the table. You don't see I'm at a higher place in the kingdom than you are at the table. No, at the table, we eat from the same hands. And we eat from the same king. And we eat from the same cup. And we eat from the same bread. We're all the same at the table. Oh, there's no they sing better than I do at the table. There's no they preach better than I do at the table. There's no they got all the breaks more than I do at the table. No, at the table, we're all the same. At the table, we all sit in the same position. And so as long as you're at the table... Your damage goes away. Your, your hurt goes away. Your, your, your pain goes Nobody can say. Zeba can't tell your testimony if you're at the table because he no longer sees the hurt. And there's some of you, since the last time I was here two years ago, come on, you wasn't here two years ago. And for two years, what has happened? Your whole life, you've been in transit. Your whole life, come on. The Bible said that God knows the end from the beginning before you saw yourself as a saint of God at Star City Church. God was ordering your steps to get here. That's why that car wreck didn't kill you. That's why that cancer didn't kill you. That's why that sickness didn't wipe you out. You've been in transit for this moment, for this period, for this time.
Come on. That's why that that's why that voice you heard when you was bombed out of your mind on alcohol and you thought you was hearing voices. No, it was a leading of the spirit that had you in transit. Come on, don't tell me God can't talk to people. That that that's the, don't tell me God can only talk to those who only come to church. Oh no, He's got you in the palm of His hand, and every step of your life it's been preparing, it's been making a way, it's been preserving, it's been protecting, it's been providing for you to get here. Why? Because God has a purpose for you being here, a plan for you being here, a reason for you being here. of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It wasn't yourself that got you here. It was God ordering every step of all the years of your life to bring you here. And some of you, in the past two years, you've came with hurt. You've came with damage. My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You came miserable. You came questioning if you belong here. You came wondering, what am I doing here? Come on. You came with baggage. You came with disappointment. You came spiritually wounded and damaged. But here's what happened. You accepted a king's invitation and for two years you've been feasting at the king's table. That's why some of you got more joy now than you've ever had. You got more peace now than you've ever had. You got more assurance you're in the will of God than you've ever had. That's what happens at the king's table. But here we are. Here we are. Here's the turn. Here's the transition. Here's, here's the shift that God's doing at Star City Church. Because the problem is if all you do is eat bread at the table, you become full. And the longer you stay at the king's table, the more it becomes all about what you can get. What can the king feed me today? What can the king give me today? How can the king help me today? See, the king has a table for a season, and it's a season of recovery and restoration. But after you've been recovered and you've been restored, if you stay at the king's table, you become spiritually obese. 
and you get full of yourself. Now it becomes my position. It becomes my talent. It becomes what I can do. That's why the Bible says before the chapter comes to an end that the same one who was damaged had a son. That means somewhere from the first point he sat down at the table, there had to be a time he got up from the table. And he made a way for God to prepare a revival in him. So I come with a word for all of you new babies that's been here for two years. You've been at the table. You've been feasting. God's healed the hurt. Come on. God's eased the troubled mind. God's given you joy unspeakable and full of, you smile now more than you've ever smiled. Come on, you, you got more confidence in yourself than you've ever had. But I come this Monday night to, to tell you it's time to go from the dining room to the delivery room. God didn't restore you to make this all about you. God didn't heal you to make this all about you. God did the work here so he'll can do the work out there. I'm telling somebody, you've been fed enough, now start doing the feeding. You've been healed, now start doing some healing. You've been blessed, now start giving out some blessings. Come on, you was damaged in transit, but you're still deliverable. You're still available for revival. You still got power to bring forth. Come on, I'm birthing my revival. I'm birthing my blessing. I'm birthing my family coming back. I'm birthing prodigals coming back. I'm birthing a congregation to grow. I'm birthing revival to get hotter and larger. And how? Because I'm still deliverable, even if I've been damaged in transit. You can, you can wait, you can wait and discover if I'm a false prophet. You can wait until God confirms the word. But you hear this evangelist. It is, it is screaming loud in my spirit that something good. is about to happen. Yeah. 
just feel like something good is about to happen. We're taking bread from our hands and giving it to other hands. We're taking bread from our possession and placing it in the hands of those who were also damaged and also hurt and also need a king. Nahash sent word to Israel that if you don't join my league, I will pluck out all of of your right eyes and kill every one of you. If you don't join me, I will wipe you all out. But if you do join me, then we can work together. God's people unsure of what to do writes a letter to their king. And they send it to King Saul. King Saul reads what Nahash has threatened against his people. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came on Saul and made him angry. I know the Spirit gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory. But baby, you should have enough Holy Ghost that when you get news of what the enemy's doing, it ought to make you angry. Angry enough to do more than just say, well, it's the end time. Angry enough to do more than just say, well, it's their fault. You want to have enough Holy Ghost that you get angry to fight back. And the king's word was don't sign the contract. Wait until the sun is hot. He said, by the time the sun is hot, ye shall have help. So the king told his people, hold on. Help is on the way. Yeah. 